Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, part two of my feature on the weekly rubdown this week uh, with Natty. Obviously the weekly rubdown do a lot of, do all Supercoach draft content, but they do a lot of really deep analysis on matchups and everything that obviously help with draft, but it's worth hearing about just for general NRL. I think you should all add them to your weekly uh, rotation. I was lucky enough to be invited on this week because Wooker is MIA, so I joined Natty part one. I dropped that earlier today. We went through the Broncos, Sharks, Titans, Panthers, Rabbitohs, Seagulls, and Warriors and Raiders games. This part here, we go through the Bulldogs versus the Sydney Roosters, the Parramatta Eels taking on the Cowboys from Darwin, the Newcastle Knights at home against the Melbourne Storm, and the St. George Illawarra Dragons taking on the West Tigers, Benny Hunt versus Jackson Hastings. We gave our preview of all of those games, spoke a little bit about draft, but spoke about the matchups in this game, which edges we're looking at. Really good for your anytime try scorers and just your general NRL knowledge. Uh, we also did a Q&A section that will be available tomorrow morning, uh, so that'll be there for you to listen to. More sort of draft-specific sort of stuff there, but this episode here with Natty, an absolute cracker, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Make sure you go and listen to the boys. The Weekly Rubdown, you can find their podcast on all your good podcasting apps and all the shit ones as well. They'll be there. You can find them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, they will be there. So go and follow the boys putting out some of the best Supercoach content in the game, and just a really enjoyable listen to. Two champion blokes that you would love to sit down and have a beer with. They're entertaining, We've got a lot of knowledge to share with you. It's well worth listening to. G'day, rubbers. It's your boy, Blake Laurie, and it's time to rub one out with the lads for the weekly rubdown. Hello, handsome. You care for a rubdown? I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my lift penis? Very All right, so the Saturday 5.30pm game, Bulldogs v Roosters at Acor. Uh, top matchup here, so the Roosters, the sixth best Supercoach attacking team versus the Dogs, they're considering the fourth most Supercoach points of any team. Uh, if we look at the edge matchup, you've got the Roosters left attack versus the Dogs right defence. Dogs pretty weak down that right. I know they've switched it up here a little bit with a few players and personnel coming in and out of the side. But regardless, they'll still struggle down there. Um, Teddy's a really good matchup here. Dogs concede the most points of any team to fullback. 78 fucking points per game. Um, uh, so Tupu's out, so it's going to be Naguama there on the left. Uh, Dogs concede the most points to left wings. 74 points per game. Two left wings. So if Naguama's out there, he is a fantastic plug and play. 
Um, if you need the win, I would waver for you because I think he scores two in this one. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm not overly. I obviously dropped Naguama a couple of weeks ago. I've been a little bit disappointed with his performance, but it's not about Naguama. It's about the position he's standing in. Yeah. Um. I, I will say this at the same time, mate. I thought that Aaron Shoup at left center <laughs> last week. He did such a fucking good. I mean, you, you, you messaged me before the game talking about him, and I, and I sort of said to you, "Fuck, I don't know if he's as good as what I thought he was." But God, he did a, a number on Stags there, and. You know, just, just something to consider. Obviously, last week, um, Adam Reynolds stacked up a heap of super coach points um, against that edge. J- just just to keep in mind that I think three of those tries that were scored down that edge came off kicks as well. So, um, Scoop did a really good job on Katoni Staggs last week. It doesn't get any easier taking on Joey Manu this week. I mean, it gets heaps fucking harder. Um, but, yeah, I don't mind the shout there, mate. Uh, I think it's a really interesting game for Paul Momorowski. Um, I've never thought he's a poor defender of anything. I've always thought his defense is probably the strong point of his game. But the last few weeks, uh, he's been given a bit of a bath and look a little bit disappointing. And Suwali's come in and look sensational as well. I, I actually think Canterbury's going to uh, give them a little bit of a run for their money. I, I feel like everyone keeps telling me the Roosters, they, they just need to click. They just need to click, mate. For me, their middles are just getting dominated. If you take Takiyaho out of that contest last week... Mate, I just thought the Roosters got smashed um, through the middle by your, you know, your, your Blake Lorries, your JDBs, um, these sort of guys. So, I mean, the longer that the Roosters' middles get kept down, the bigger the bounce back's going to be. Whether it's this week or not, I'm not sure. But the one thing you, you got to say about Canterbury is, like, they've got a decent pack on paper. And um, on their day... They can be a real fucking handful, so I, Mate, I think it'll be, be really close. It'll be close at halftime, one hundred percent. The dogs will be in this game for half a game of football, and then there'll be a point in this game, and there'll be a fork in the road, and it'll be either Roosters will struggle for, for the rest of the game, and dogs will stay in it, or they'll take off. And that seems to be every game the dogs play. You know, they stay in it, they stay in it, and they just run out of gas, and then whatever team they're playing, if they've got enough attack in them, they just take off. Um, so it, I'm with you. Like, how long do we have to fucking wait for the Roosters to start clicking? Yeah, I, mate, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm getting seriously worried about um, their their middles. JWH looks – like, obviously, he is getting old. He just looks a year older than me at the moment, mm. and – Mate, respectfully to him, so he should because of mm. all the work he had to do last fucking year. Lindsay Collins, he, he at the moment, he doesn't look like the same guy he was, which once again, he shouldn't because he's coming off an ACL. Uh, you got Takiyaho, who's so, sort of on the way out. Um, yeah, F- Fletcher Baker's good, but he's still f- finding his way in first grade. He's not, you know, a real established guy yet. So, and Radley, I mean, he, he just can't keep himself on the fucking field. It's, it's not suspensions this year, but it's it's little HIAs and little things like that. And, you know, he started with the cold last week, came off the bench, then he had HIA. Like, it's just, there's a few things going against the Roosters. And, um, and I'm starting to wonder if, if he needs to sort of move Angus back into the middle because I, I just think they're really lacking a lot a lot of punch through the guts there. And man, as you know, it's very, very basic rugby league. If, if your middle's not winning, fuck, it's hard for everyone else. 100%. And I mean, if there's a team where their middle has been, you know, the best component of their attack, it's probably the Bulldogs. Their, yep. their middle's been fucking strong. I've been super impressed um, with Josh Jackson in the middle. I know he's not a ball-playing lock, but fucking shores up the defense in the middle. No one's yep. getting past him. Um, the big blockers have been good. Thompson, Vaughan's been fantastic. Um, Tavita Bango Jr. has been um, playing some of his best footy of his career. So, 
Yeah, look, I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. One thing I will say, draft-wise, if you can get Teddy now, I would. Um, I did talk about this in the Strength of Schedule podcast last week, and he was averaging 59. Last last time he averaged 59 outside the first three rounds was in 2018. He just doesn't average 59 yeah, you know, and it'll be the lowest the averages for the rest of the year. So if you can get him low, now's the time to do it, um, because he's one of those players also that comes back from Origin, and it's like he's playing in reserve grade. It's yep. like, it's all fucking too easy for him, and he just brains teams. Um, so I think he's a fantastic trade target, Teddy. Um, but all right, can I can I put the gun to your head? Mm-hmm. You. If you had Sivitalakai right now, would you trade him for Teddy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, it'd be tough to do. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, because it's so recent, recent bias, you, you you got that 166 or whatever it is from Talakai on the weekend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it, it, it is, it is. It's a hard, it's a hard pill to swallow and it all depends on what you've got in your side as well because if you've got if you're playing in the back row and you're stacked in the back row and you can cover him or you know you're planning on using him at CTWs and you've got great CTWs then it's it's definitely a play to, to, to work but that is definitely a trade that you could get over the line at the moment that is a perfect sell high buy low flip yeah. and fetch scenario there that would work um, and you're buying a proven gun and mate, I, I I completely agree with you. Um, to try and get Teddy now if you can, it'd be a huge play. Just something to consider with Teddy. Uh, the start of the season, we looked at his uh, run in the finals, and it was pretty good. He, he had the Melbourne Storm and he had the South Sydney Rabbitohs, which were going to be tough matchups. But before that, he had the Cowboys and the Tigers. Now they're the two teams that you spoke about. Mm. They're better than what we thought. So yep. all of a sudden, his finals run it is a little bit tougher. Uh, than what we anticipated. So it's just something to keep in mind there when you are trading uh, for Teddy. But I do love the move. 100%. Um, I, I love him for a top scorer here. I'm going to write his name down. Teddy, who else do you think top scores in this one? Uh, yeah, Teddy hard to go past. I like Sammy Walker in this one. I think he might uh, put on a bit of a show for the Chooks. Uh if it all clicks for them, which hopefully it does, it's so hard to get a read on this fucking side. Um, I, and, and credit to what um, Aaron Shop did last week, because I'm not going to say Joey Manu. He, he's normally just sort of a, a go-to go, sort of guy to say there. But um, in that matchup, I can't go him. So I think Walker or Teddy, um, they're probably your go-to fellas in this one. Shout out like to Sammy Merrill too. Fuck, he looked good last week. I, I've sort good of... Footballer. I sort of death rided him a little bit, saying that I'm not sure if he get back into this side. And I thought that when Connor Watson was injured, sorry, when Sam Verrills was injured the first few weeks, Watson was just going to cruise. He really didn't. Mm. Um, now that Watson's out, all of a sudden Verrills is flying. So, and I mean, as much as he's probably the odd guy out and he's the third best footballer, mate, the ticker that Drew Hutchinson shows, it's hard to leave him out of this team. Yeah, oh, he's a he's a perfect fourteen, Hacho. Um, and you're right, Verrills is a and he's a true hooker as well, and. and I love that when you compare a guy that's sort of like uh, a bench utility or a utility player that plays a lot of positions like Watto and you compare him to a true hooker like Verrills in that position, in that dummy half role, it's chalk and cheese. It really is because if you know the game of rugby league, the things that Verrills gives his team are the intangibles that 
are so valuable. Yeah, and I, I was just thinking the other day, like, if Verils keeps playing this way, I, I imagine there would have been a moment a few months ago where Parramatta was sitting there going, okay, two options, Hodgson or Sam Verils. That was the whisper, and they went for the experience. All of a sudden, Hodgson does an ACL. He's now 32, coming off an ACL, moving clubs, and you got Sam Verils, who's just killing it for the Sydney Roosters at the moment. It could be uh, a little sliding doors moment for the Eels. 100%. 100%. Um, another one I just want to talk about, we did mention Josh Jackson. Now, I don't know what his three-round average is, um, but it, it, it'd have to be over 60 at the moment. Uh, and that's just because he's making 58 tackles a game. I would be trading him off this three-round average at the moment. You just don't know how long this 80-minute roll is going to continue for in this Bulldogs. It may continue for the rest of the season. I don't know. But I'd be looking to move him on to something that's a little bit more concrete. Um, Because there's people in your legs that'll look at the last three games from Josh Jackson and just go, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. This is solid. This is like captain worthy. This is like, do you know what I mean? You're getting 65 to 70 solid points every week. I think think he's a great sell. Yeah, and when people go and look at his three-round average, 65 is unreal. And the last three weeks have been good enough that they, when you go to his five-round average, it still looks good. It's yeah. still 55. So, um, mate, the guy in my comp, I'm pretty sure, Cozzy, he uh, he actually picked up Siffer off the waiver wire weeks ago, you know, with, with a reasonably early pick. Not number one pick, but like two or three or something like that. And he also got Josh Jackson. I, I, mate, I even remember looking at Jackson three weeks ago and thinking, oh, he won't get to me on the waiver wire anyway, but I sort of think he's a bit of a trap. Mate, the last three weeks has been unreal. 61, 64, 70. Uh, definitely a big trade high. Yep, 100%. I picked him up after his first uh, big game, just had him on a bench, played him on the weekend. Killed it, um, and I'll be trying to tr- um, sell him um, just on the fact. I'll be saying, "Oh, they won't look. They won't move him on." You know, like he's going to play eighty for the rest of the season. He's too experienced there to bench. He's got a big motor. You just blah blah blah. Sell it all you want, and someone will pick him up. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, let's get into the next game. Saturday, seven oh five p.m. Eels v Cows, TIO Stadium. Now this is Darwin. Yeah, Darwin. Yep. yep. Um, so, <laughs> mate, this is a different fucking conversation that I thought I was going to have at the start of the season when I'm talking about the cows. But anyway, here we go. Cows on fire on both sides of the ball. Defense, attack. Eels are conceding the third most points of any team. Eels are scoring a, a ridiculous mess, amount of super coach points, but they're fucking conceding a fair amount as well. Cows have their sixth best uh, attacking right edge versus the Eels' left defense conceding the fourth most. So that's a matchup. But we've seen that the Cows' left edge can go to another level as well. Obviously, with Drinky in this side, he's a left edge dominant player. So that left edge sweep really does suit him. That right-to-left pass is what he's on about. Um, And the Eels have the worst um, right edge in the comp as well, uh, conceding 64 points per game, per player per game. Um, So I, I... I think that's where I want to talk about the matchup here. I think the Cows left versus the Eels right is going to be the matchup. And we really got a nice fucking taste of it on the weekend. Like I said earlier, uh, Dearden scored, Lukey scored, um, yeah. Muzz scored. Uh, so uh, it's just they're just going to tear him up, I think. I don't know who wins. I think Cows will be in this game from from the get-go, from the kickoff, I think it'll be very close. The Eels seem to struggle when they come up against teams that have 
a solid defensive outfit, for example, the Tigers. Uh, so, you know, the, the vast difference between the Eels versus the Tigers and the Eels versus the Knights. The Knights have defensive frailties all over the park. Tigers are really solid. Do you know what I mean? So I'll probably take the cows here. Um, I think that's that's a nice bet, 1-12. to 12. Um, Holmes has a really good matchup. Eels can see the most points um, of any team to left centre, 64 points per game. Lukey has a good matchup here. Eels can see the fifth most points to left two RFs, 61 points per game. So, yeah, I love Val Holmes in this one. I think he, he, he tears them up. Um crazy it just it's crazy to talk about the i had the cows to fucking get the spoon now mate they're 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 attacking well i mean they're not in the top five by any any shout but they're you know they're where are they they're seventh the seventh best attacking team and that's behind sharks panthers eels storm bunnies roosters which you would expect them to be yeah so they're seventh best attacking team super coach wise but they're the second best defensive outfit so Wow, mate! I um I won't waste people's time here. I, I I would pretty much just be repeating everything you've just fucking said. Uh, I love Val Holmes. I love drinking down that left edge. The Cowboys' defense it has been incredible. Um, their attack might be seventh, but when you consider that they've got two halves that have never played together, um, they've got a new center in Peter Hicku. They only worked out who their fullback was two weeks ago. Um, they got Val Holmes, who you know he's still getting used to his position. He's doing very well. Uh, their back rowers have rotated all season. Tom Lolo's missed a bit of football here and there. Uh, I mean, all things considered, to be seventh out of 16th, uh, still a pretty good fucking knock for a team that if you told me Undos. that was 17th in attack, I would have said that's a fucking good knock for this team. So, um, yeah, mate, I, I agree with everything you just said. And the Cowboys, I genuinely think they're going to play finals footy this year now, which mm-hmm. is crazy because I thought they would be definite wooden spooners. Eight uh, weeks ago. Defense wins premierships, and they've got it in spades at the moment. They're defending really well. Um, yep, so we'll lock Holmes in for a, a, one of the top matchups here. He'll be one of the, the better scorers in this game. For the Eels, it's it's the usual suspects. I mean, Moses playing both sides of the ruck is really good for his super coach output. I like him. Isaiah Papali'i, he's really finding his feet again here. Um, Moses is using him nicely. You'd be like me. You'd be a big fan of this Arthur move and then putting... Dylan Brown in the centers. You'd love that, wouldn't you? I love, I love it. It looks good on paper, doesn't it? All I'm praying for Fuck is me. that they've done it because uh, a short turnaround from their game and they just named the same sure. squad. It can't just- happen. Can't happen. I've said it before. I mean, and this is no knock. Well, it is a knock on Arthur, but like, I just don't think he's good enough for first grade football. Um, he's so slow. Like, have you noticed how slow he is? Like, I'd love to see a 100-meter race between him and Toby Sexton. You'd have to time it with a sundial. <laughs> Mate, throw um, Sean O'Sullivan in like three. We are fucking good. Um, yeah, mate, I, I, I think that Arthur has got potential, but I agree he is very slow. And I, I also, it's fucking weird, mate. It's like as soon as he steps into that, into the halves, it almost takes away from Mitch Moses as well. Um, mm. It wasn't as evident in the game on the weekend, but I, personally, I think they made a poor decision. I think Brad Arthur made a poor decision by playing Dylan Brown in centre and playing his young bloke at six. And so, 
I shouldn't say playing as young bloke. That's not why he did it. But it just it was a poor decision that I think was covered up by Newcastle just being fucking shit house. Yep. Just being absolutely useless. Uh, I don't understand the move. I've had a few Parramatta fans sort of message me and they all sort of say the same thing. Oh, you know, when we play teams that aren't as good at us, we tend to concede a lot of points. And I'm like, I, I don't – it's such a stupid fucking decision to play Dill Brown there. It makes no sense to me. And the reality of the Parramatta Eels season is that who gives a fuck what you do against the bottom teams? We know you're going to win enough of these games to make the finals. You're trying to beat Melbourne, Penrith, Roosters, these sort of sides. You're never going to fucking do it with Dill Brown at centre. If they played Melbourne last week, they wouldn't have even considered playing Dill at centre, in my opinion. I just think it's backwards and – they just need to scrap it because, mate, all it's doing is hurting Jake Arthur. It's making us all sort of start to think a little bit, fuck, is he there because he is the coach's son? It's building that narrative and it's not fair on him. It's no. just I, – I hate it all the way through. And take Jacob Arthur out of the conversation altogether. You've got your six playing the best fucking football of his yep. career. Oh, let's move him to centre. Like – that's it not even the no- talking about Arthur. Like, just what the fuck are you doing? And they better not fucking sleep on the cows. Well, mate, that's the other thing. I, I really hope that this, because, you, you know, you, you have got Tom Opacic. He's in the extended squad, so you would have to think that he comes in. But that's like, you cannot, this Cowboys side, they are the real fucking deal. And you mm-hmm. can't be fucking around with your team list and trying to work out who else can fill in in other spots. I just, especially when I look at their bench and you've got Matto sitting there, you've got Bryce Carr, two guys that you can chuck out there. Uh, mate, Sean Lane, Papa Lee, Madison and Cartwright, I'm happy that you could put any of those four out to the centers and they would do a job in defense and just hold the fort there. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at um, Stacey's, the, the sex bot stat sheet here. Uh, the Cowboys, they are, they're only in the bottom five for conceding points in two areas. So conceding the, the, the most points for the top five here. And that's against the lock and front row forward. So their middle is a little bit weak. Everywhere else, they're fucking nowhere to be seen. Like, they're just staunch as fuck. So when I'm trying to, to work out where the eels are going to be strong, you know, you would have to say that, Nathan Brown, maybe Maddo has a good game. Um, it's it's hard, man. They're just so staunch. Mate, I, I think the sex spot is uh, Michael Hagen over there and, and you might be Mal Meninga just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't think I'll give the sex spot back, to be honest. <laughs> I'll back that. We'll, we'll, we'll have to make another one. <laughs> yeah, mate. I Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think I, I've got the Cowboys winning this one in a close one. Um, but I, yeah, I was, yeah, fuck, they, they just keep on. I keep thinking, oh, this will be the week it sort of falls apart. And like, oh, I look at Sean Lane, Papa Lee, Madison, and I just think, fuck, Lukey and Nanai, they have got defensive issues in them. They're very good in attack. There's no doubt about that. But this Cowboys team, they just seem to find a way to overcome that sort of stuff. And hustle, I mean, bro. It's hustle. Oh, it's insane. I mean, you, you tell me Regan Camagella, Junior Paul, who I think are playing some of the best footy of their career, up against Jordan McLean and Cohen Hess, like that should be. An absolute slaughter, but the mm-hmm. Cowboys are just finding a way to just hang in there. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, we'll lock down Holmes. And look, I'm going to go Isaiah Papali. I was going to go I was going to go um, Moses, and he will score well just because of the, how um, involved he is in this attack. But I'd rather go someone with a little bit of base behind them in this game against the Cowboys. But, yeah, I think Holmes, fuck. Can I ask you, mate, if we went back to draft day right now, where would you draft <laughs> Papa Lee? Oh, he'd be. He, he's not getting out of round two. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mate, I, I reckon he's a borderline end of round one. Like if you're in a deep league like mine, to pick 13, 14, fuck, you could have done much worse than him. I mean, what he's averaging... He's averaging eighty-three, and he's scored three tries. Well, two of them, what yeah. about what about this? Like, I go to you. We're talking about in the preseason. Talking about Isaiah Papali'i, and I go, and you go, yeah, he'll probably rotate through the middle. And I go, nah, you're dead wrong. It'll be Maddo that rotates through the middle. Yeah, fuck you. You, you wouldn't even hear. I'll, I'll tell you who's been <laughs> a huge point of difference in this team is Makatoa. Them finding yeah. him has changed everything, and it really it, it has fucked all. Madison owners, you know, Sean Lane, he, him finding his own way has been good too. But if you're an Isaiah Papali'i owner and you, you know, you, you should be sending a Christmas card to uh, Makatoa because he's just, he solved a little problem they had in this side and it's meant that he's playing 80 minutes on the edge. And man, if I said to you right now that Isaiah Papali'i is the most consistent back rower in rugby league, I think it's hard to argue with. Yeah, no, 100%. And look, Eels could get a bath here and he'll score 80. Yeah, that's the top player he is. Um, so that's why I've got him down as a, as a top matchup. Let's move on to the next game, bro. Sunday, 2 p.m., Knights v. Storm, McDonald Jones Stadium. Top matchup here. Storm, the fourth best supercoach attacking team versus the Knights, conceding the sixth most points overall. Danger signs here for the Knights, really, after especially after Storm's effort on the weekend. Storm, fourth best left attack uh, versus the Knights' right defense, conceding the second most points. And look, you just go through that left edge for the Storm. They all have great matchups. Um Knights are conceding the sixth most points to left half, 60 points per game. That's Mad Dog. Conceding the second most points to left centers, 59 points per game. That's Olam. Third most points to left wingers, 68 points per game. That's Meany. Pappy is always a matchup regardless of whoever the fuck he plays. Fuck. Sirens are, are blaring here for the Knights. It could be, could be another cricket score here. As a Ryan Pappenhausen owner in a 14-man draft league, if I lose this weekend, I am going to be fucking ropeable. Um, might might help you fucking captain him, bro. Like, put the seal. Yeah, it might help if I choose him this week, but yeah. uh, let's not go there. <laughs> um, yeah, mate, I I mean, who, who scores more points this week, Melbourne or Penrith? What do you reckon? <sighs> fucking close. Fucking close. I'd say Penrith. I just, I just got no. I've gotten the match. The statistically, the matchup is is hard to go past. But Storm are such an anomaly. You just don't know what they're going to do. Um, I love Mad Dog in this. In, uh, the the matchup is great for Mad Dog, but I'm always worried because he does play up and play down to his opposition. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, he could play Penrith and score 180. And then come up against the Knights where it's like it, the stats are just going, fucking, it's going to be amazing. Get on, Mad Dog. And he scores 20. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I, I sort of said this to uh, Timmy Williams last week about Mad Dog. I sort of said, oh, the Warriors, not much. And he said, it's Anzac Day. He'll be up for this one. And, of course, yeah. uh, he fucking was. Newcastle, who were going like an absolute fucking busted at the moment. Two o'clock, Sunday Arvo. Doesn't really seem like Munster o'clock to me. In saying that, mate, like, it really, so if he scores 75, I'll be like, eh, you know, it wasn't really a Munster game. Yeah. That's just the sort of player that he is at the moment. Uh, 75 still great, but... I think Pappy, he's the hard one to go past here. I, I won't oh, Easy. Yeah, fuck, it's hard to see him going sub 120, 130, you know? Easy, 100%. Um, Pappy's definitely a top scorer here. Um, I'll put Mad Dog, because look, we're a stat-based fucking podcast. I have to, Walker would fucking scream at me if I didn't put Mad Dog down there after <laughs> Stacey the Sex Bot's fucking screaming at me and Mad Dog's going to be a play. Um, I love Nick Meany as a, as a plug-and-play here. He'll be available in a lot of leagues. Um Pick him up. He'll score a try. Could score two. It's just going to be all about this left edge attack for the Storm Knights. They just they're just a rabble at that edge. So um, I think it's it's Storm by plenty. And take your pick on that left edge for any time try scorers. Yeah, mate. I honestly, essentially, any blokes that are going to be wearing a purple jersey on uh, on Sunday, I'm happy to. Uh, I think they'll score well. You, you know, you saw Jesse Bromwich crash over for a try the other day. It can just happen to any of them at, at any fucking moment. I'll tell you what was insane. I looked on Sunday morning at the anytime try scorer stats, uh, uh, at the anytime try scorer uh, numbers. Brandon Smith was a middle forward coming off the bench. He was $2.60. How does that work? That is just fucking outrageous, isn't it? And work? I still looked at it and thought, Oh, not bad. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, it's probably. the worst value that's ever fucking existed. But shut up and take my not. money. Yeah, insane. Um, yeah, crazy. And I mean, another thing to think about in this game too. We're talking about the Knights' right edge being um, fucked in defence. Gagai's not there this week. Even worse. Yeah, it makes it heaps worse. Um, yeah. Sasagi, he, you know, oh, I like Sasagi. He's a good player. Uh, he hasn't even been playing centers the last few weeks. He's been playing uh, lock, which, you know, he would have been making tackles, but defensive decisions against this side, um, that's going to be a fucking nightmare for him. So, Mate, can, uh, can, can you yeah. see him defending the mad dog dummy where he dummies, he dummies to the ball boy, he dummies to the ref, he dummies to the fucking bloke in the second row. He won't know what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, honestly, this feels like the sort of game to me where he might not throw a dummy. I feel like this is the game where he just distributes and everyone just fucking reads. Yep. Anyway, this game could go so many different ways. And um, if I said your overs or unders four as far as guys to score um, tons in this game, yep. I think I'd probably have to take the overs, to be honest with you. Yep. And we haven't even talked about the the Hughes-Pappy-Coates combination that happens on the right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a serious worry. Um this fucking team. And the other beauty of them is that if you own one of these spine players, um, you know, the centers and the wingers, they're good to have. But the beauty of this side is that the back rowers don't steal too many points. You don't have a kick out and Kawhi sort of guys. They just, they get 45 to 55 just about every week. And just the points come from everywhere else, you know, which is so good. Yeah. Um, another guy I want to talk about uh, for trade targets is, is the cheese. Um, now, obviously, his value has dropped a lot. Uh, I got him in a league. Um, actually, got you wouldn't believe. What about this trade, bro? I don't know if I've told you about this one. We had Toto. We traded Toto for Talakai and Cheese. We got Talakai and Cheese, Ooh. and then Talakai came out and fucking scored that hundred fucking ten thousand point game. So, but we we targeted Cheese um, because 
people are forgetting about um, there's there's a Queensland hooker that plays down there that's going to be playing State of Origin, and who's going to be playing hooker for the Storm when he's playing State of Origin? It's going to be Cheese. They're the games that we picked him up for. Um, and I, I feel like on the weekend, he started moving back to how they were using him last year, you know, a bit of a one-two yep. punch with Harry, playing a lot through the middle. Um, and when he's up and moving and he's playing up the guts, uh, and, that was, and that wasn't a game that was conducive to him putting up good super coach points. Like the storm was side to fucking side. That's not a game that's good for him super coach wise. And he still put up a decent rack. So when the game, when they, they come up against a team where it's going to be really a tight tussle in the middle of third of the field, that's when he's going to get that sort of 65, 70 point game. But I, I think at the moment his price is fucking real low. Everyone's off him. I think you'll get him at a steal. Yeah, well, mate, it's interesting. As you know, in my competition, there are not many trades. We normally have maybe five a year or so. We had our first one the other day, and it did include Brandon Smith. So, uh, yeah, a couple of blokes definitely making moves on him uh, in comps all around the country at the moment. Yep. And, I mean, you know, you don't want to wish an injury on anyone, but, like, you know, Origin's a tough game. A lot of blokes come out of it with a lot of bruises, a lot of injuries. Harry Grant goes down. All of a sudden, fucking cheeses the man. Unbelievable. You look like an absolute genius. Don't want to hear any of that about one of my children, but <laughs> but even even just getting rested as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and we know that the Storm rest their players coming off Origin, and they'll do it systematically leading into the finals. At one and, point, and this is where in draft leagues too, if you're someone that if you're at the top of the ladder and you are doing well, start to just plan for your Origin times because everyone else Shit, will be yeah. scrambling for wins in the next two weeks. If you can just start to pick up guys. Uh, that you know will get opportunities during that period um, could be absolute gold for you. If like a, a Nat Butcher's sitting on your, I, I I just think of him straight away because he's in my team. I know Origin he'll do well, but there's a stack of guys around like that that you can plug in. Uh, Scotty Sorensen, etc. There's a heap of them. Also, if you're top of the table now and you're looking at your team and it's very strong. I'd be planning for your finals, Supercoach finals, yeah. round twenty-one to twenty-four. Right now, this is the time. If you're up the top of the ladder. You know that you're even if you go like a busted, you're still going to make the finals, maybe the back end of the finals. Yeah. Start planning now. Get your team ready now for those matchups. Yeah. If you've only had one loss so far this year, even two, the reality is you you're only four wins away from locking yourself into um a finals berth realistically. So yep. um yeah, I'm you, not that person. Yeah, nor uh, I think I fucking should be, but anyway, uh, we'll let that slide. But uh, yeah, I mean, mate, if you're if you're keen enough to be still listening to this podcast close to an hour and a half in, I'm going to assume that you're pretty decent at Supercoach, and you should be planning for finals, yep. regardless of where your ladder is at the moment. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, bro. Let's get in the last game of the round, Sunday, four p.m. Dragons v Tigers, Win Stadium. Uh, Dragons conceding the most Supercoach points of any team in the league. Tigers are the fourth best defensive team, Supercoach-wise. So, obviously, Tigers on a roll last two games. Jacko back in the side. They're a completely different football team. Um, And just like the Cowboys, obviously, they've got a great defensive unit, uh, and that is a great building block for their attack. So, once they start putting in some good attacking players, Jacko comes in, starts 
you know, freeing up Luke Brooks, and all of a sudden you see Nofo scoring doubles, fucking Kenny Mamalo's getting used more. Um, they're just a different side. So uh, the the Dragons have the fifth best right attack versus the Tigers' left defense. So if the Dragons are going to score any points, it's obviously down that right edge with Hunt, Lomax, Ravalawa. Um so I do like those players in this one, but let's talk about the Tigers, to be honest. It's 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 a really good talking point. Dragons left edge conceding the second most points um, at the moment of any other left edge. And like I said, with Tiger with Jacko in the side, this right is really dominant. Um I think over the last I think it scored five tries down the right in two games. Yeah. No, nah, they 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 look really strong and they're <sighs> They're doing well on their edges because of the way they're attacking um, through the middle. They just look so much more direct. We spoke about on Bloke Bar yesterday. Hastings is just going forward, forward, forward. And you sort of you, you saw this earlier in the season before he got suspended. The amount of times he would just jump in, j- jump into dummy half and just take those twelve meters uh, that were on offer, and then the team sort of got, well, they kind of got on the back of him. Now they're really buying into what Jacko's doing. Um, so yeah, they're a very exciting. Uh, side to watch in the moment. Two two really interesting teams because um, I've always thought that one big problem with Manly is that they run so much of their attack through DCE. You know that he's going to be the first guy to get the ball the vast majority of the time. Um, and for the last few years, DCE, his touches per game have been in between probably the 75 to 90 mark, which for a halfback, a is a fucking lot. Yep. Um, mate, Ben Hunt and Hastings are blowing that sort yeah, of stuff. Out 90 of plus. Moment. Yeah. Oh, mate, it's fucking insane. Jacko had 102 touches on the weekend. The game only went for 80 minutes. Like, yep. that is just astronomical. Um, it's crazy. In a game where the possession was about 50% each, it wasn't like they had 60-40 and they had the ball a heap more, you know. So, um, just crazy. And, you know, that that's really good to watch. Like, I love watching Hastings last few weeks and what he's doing. I'm obviously a, a little bit biased there. But just watching a halfback doing what he's doing. Ben Hunt plays a very similar role for the Dragons. And, Sometimes against your good teams, it can almost be a bit of a negative when too much of your attack runs through uh, one certain guy. Uh, so it's a really interesting matchup because there's not many teams in the NRL that are attacking like these two teams are with one central point of attack through one guy leading them. So it's an individual clash that I cannot wait to watch. Two guys that are supremely talented, two guys that probably unfairly cop way too much shit for very different reasons. Um, but it's a clash that I'm really looking forward to. Just on the Dragons, um, you said that they've conceded a lot of super coach points. Uh, I think with the Dragons, you need to consider that I went through the entire competition the other day and did all the stats on how how effective um, getting a sin bin is on your side, how many points you concede. And the Dragons have had so many fucking sin bins this year, mainly because of Jaden Sewer. Um, and it's not only the impact it has on that 10-minute period, but it's also the time from the end of that 10-minute period to just the next break in play, whether that's full-time or half-time. And the Dragons, they've been really hammered um, during those periods on a couple of occasions. So um, if, if they can keep all their guys on the field, which they did last week, I think the Dragons are a slightly better team than what probably season stats point to and what a lot of opinions point to at the moment. So this one in Wollongong, I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. Yeah, 100%, and I'm really excited for this game. Uh, the two guys that I've got for top matchups is the guys we've been talking about, um, Jacko and Hunt. 
Um, not only are we talking about those touches that they get, obviously a lot of the attack, if not all the fucking attack, is funneled through them, which means they're just going to have fingerprints all over whatever points their team scores. But yeah. you've got Dragons concede the most points of any team to right half, 73 points per game. So Jacko, hello. And the Tigers concede the third most points to right half, 67 points per game. So not only, you know, what you're seeing here with your eyes up footy vibe, um, it's backed up with stats here as well. So we've got to go Jacko and Hunt in this one to, to top score for their respective teams. I'll tell you who's been, uh, he's just like, he hasn't really caught my eye game to game. He hasn't really had any huge attacking plays, but fuck Zach Lomax. He just keeps putting points on the board. 70, 50, 65, 57, 62, 53, 67. Mate, I'm looking at his stats. I think he's scored one try so far this year and his lowest score is 53. That's insane. Tell me, is there a more arousing thing in rugby league right now than a Zach Lomax flick pass? Oh, mate, he's just something else. And, mate, oh, and I really don't think we've seen anywhere near the best out of him so far this year. I think he's got so much more to offer. Um, it's just crazy. A, he's still a bub, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, fuck, I just, yeah. oh, I've been so impressed with him. And I get to the end of every game and I'm like, oh, geez, Lomax kicked a few goals. But other than that, reasonably quiet then I look at the stats and it's like fuck 60 points again like yep. it's just when, when they get one of those games when he has one of those performances where he scores one and he flicks one and he catches a kick on the full one of those performances that we know he's got in him that he can put together two and three weeks in a row um mate he, he's gonna go 100 plus when when he fucking sneezes on that right edge mate the um the thing that I was really impressed with him last year is his kick chase I haven't even seen that this year once he starts fucking chasing bombs that Ben Hunt starts putting up could be yep. anything yeah, it really could be. It's and it's probably going to help him too when he does get when 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 they get a proper five eight in there. Yeah. Once you get a moan in there, I, I just think they will start to score uh, more points. And yeah, Lomax, fuck, it's it's just it's crazy that he's got an average of sixty one. And I I'm, I think just by looking at his stats, he scored one try this year. Crazy. crazy. Absolutely mental. Another guy I want to talk about. Obviously, Moses Suli has been. Um, Pretty impressive, and and Walker and I have been talking about him since round one about getting him in your size, especially in deep leagues. But um, Matty Fiego, uh, the work that he's doing uh, at the back end, coming out of the Dragons twenty, is really impressive. Got a he's a fucking strong boy. He looks like he's sort of wirely um, type of operator. Um, can offload, gets plenty of tackle breaks. I know. Uh, that the Dragons are obviously a right dominant side, so he doesn't see as much ball as he should. But like you said, once they get a proper 5'8 in here and they start evenly distributing the ball between the right and left, I think Fiego could be a nice little pickup before that happens. And, mate, if someone else in your comp has him, just keep an eye on him over the next two weeks. If he goes quiet against the Tigers and then he plays Melbourne, who he'll be reasonably quiet against, all of a sudden, he could have a three-game average of – like, he scored 11 on the weekend. He's yep. such a better player than that. Yep, in three weeks, he's got a th- – like, even if he goes big against the Tigers and quiet against Melbourne, he could still have a three-game average of 30, 40. Yep. Yep. Um, and if you can get in the year of the Dragons owner there and grab him, he he, he looks like he could be anything. And you have a look at their, their run home. They go Canberra, Titans – um, Tigers, Brisbane. So it's a pretty good run home, mm. um, all things considered there. And, yeah, he, mate, with all due respect to them, if the A guy's a dragon in three years' time, I'll fucking give it away. Yeah. Surely someone comes in and swoops him up. You would think so. Like in the games that he's put up good super coach points, he's looked near unstoppable. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, he's definitely passed the eye test to me. I mean, on the weekend it was a tough game and probably – 
the 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 game script probably didn't play well for his edge and where he was playing. Um, but yeah, I do like him. All right, bro, that's all the game's done. Let's get into the happy ending. You want happy ending? I got a Let me break it down for you so you understand. I'll hold your hand like a small child. Oh, my God. Fuck yeah. Uh, so, look, mate, I've got the sex bot here. I've got you here. We're finishing off all, all around here. I just want to go through the top match-ups that we've gone through. Hines, Mulatalo, standard. Uh, we like Kikau, Cleary for the Panthers there. Um, we went Murray and Walker for the Bunnies. In the fucking Warriors-Raiders game, I mean, I don't know, Jazz and Rapina, but fucking just skip that game, to be honest. Uh, Teddy and Sam Walker for the Roosters. Val Holmes to light it up and obviously went a safe play for the Eels to Isaiah Papali'i. Um, Storm to put another clinic on with Little Puppy and Mad Dog. Just be careful with Mad Dog. I wouldn't be captaining him with Vice Cat. Obviously, it's the last, second last game, so don't captain him just in case what we said happens and he just switches off because it's a shit team he's playing. Um, yep. And then the last game of the round, Jacko and Hunt. But I'm also going to just touch on those matchups again. So the top Supercoach matchups of the round, Sharks, best attacking team up against the Broncos, conceding the second most. Great matchup there. Storm, fourth best attacking team up against the Knights, conceding the sixth most. Bunnies, fifth best attacking team up against the Manly Seagulls, conceding the fifth most. Roosters, sixth best attacking team up against the Dogs, conceding the fourth most. Out of those four matchups what are you most excited about there storm knights sharks broncos yeah i, I think the storm knights one mate i uh i, especially I just think happy <laughs> oh, especially for, for me happy yeah um that panthers matchup is going to be unreal too they're, they're probably the two that i'll be watching closely but yeah if you if you like me and you got pappy in your side um and you lose this weekend You've either come up against Nathan Cleary or you've shit the bed unbelievably. You've done something wrong like Captain um, Isaac Tago, maybe. I will leave this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, I did the fucking same thing. I'm watching him going, right, is he going to be the only Panther that doesn't score? Is that what it's going to be like? Like everyone was scoring. Fucking hell. Lost me the the round as well, man. So um, anyway, just to talk about, and I will talk about this later on tonight with Rando with the edge matchups and stuff like that. But um, your best left matchup, like we said, is the Storm up against the Knights right defense. The best middle matchup is the Bunnies middle versus the Manly middle. Um, And then we've got, Three really good right edge matchups. Sharks v Broncos. The Sharks right edge. We know how good they are on the left, but they do have a good matchup on their right. Um, and then the Dragons and Cows. But like we said with that Cows game, I really think their left is going to fire up in this one. Yeah, I agree, mate. That's the one that I'll be watching. I think Val Holmes is. Uh, I think he's going to really hit some form coming into the Origin period here. Uh, he's already hit form, but I, I I think he holds it. If not, get better. Jesse looks good, doesn't he? And this is just the the type of footballer he is. Wing, center, five eight, fullback. None doesn't fucking matter. He's just that yeah. good. He is just that, that. I mean, I I had real doubts about him moving to center. I thought he'd get lost. I thought we wouldn't see, mate, half of the football we've seen out of him this year. Yeah, mate, I agree. Uh, if you would have said to me at the start of the year, what's his best three positions? Center would have been number three by quite a distance for me. So, 100%. Uh, and mate, you know what? The scary thing is, it still might be, but he's fucking good at it. He's like state of origin level good at it. So, yeah, he's a, he's a freak, though. Mate. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market